0: I'm in the book of Luke this morning. If you would turn with me, please, to the book of Luke, chapter 19. Chapter 19, where we'll find ourselves. We had the young people sing this morning, the junior church sing, and we could have had them sing the song about this man that we most of us learned in Sunday school or we learned as children, this man that is discussed in the first part of Luke chapter 19. His name is Zacchaeus. As a child, I knew him as the wee little man. The wee little man. What wonderful things we learn at church that, that never get away from our mind. That's why the devil doesn't want children in church. I mean, I'm, I'm getting old and I'm forgetting everything, but I remember the wee little man. I can sing the song for you verbatim. I can't remember, I can't remember my children's names. But I remember the wee Little Man song. And that's why it's important for us to stay under the sound of the word of God in church. Get these things ingrained in our hearts from the Bible. And this lesson about Zacchaeus, it's not just a children's story. It is a profound message and a, something great that Jesus Christ did when he was here on this earth. That he did in the life of this man, Zacchaeus. And I, I'll say this. I would not be content watching Jesus do miraculous things in other people's lives. I would want him to do something in my life. Yeah. And what I want to tell you this morning, if he can do something in the wee little man's life, yeah. he can do something in your life. And there's none that is too far outside of that grace of God. There's no one that uh, has got too many things against them that he can't meet. This man had so many things against him. And we want to joyfully look at this text this morning. Would you look at your Bible? Luke chapter 19, we're starting in verse number 1. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans. And he was rich and he sought to see Jesus who he was and could not for the press because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, Make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that was that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I... Have taken anything from any man, by false accusation I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for as much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. One of the key verses in that book. I could talk about to you about this text about how to get to Jesus in the matter of salvation because he talks about salvation coming to this house. Or I could talk to you about how to get to Jesus in the sense, if you're already saved, how you can draw nigh to him, how he can save you from a lot of trouble in your life, even if you are saved this morning. There's a lot of applications that can be made here. But the first thing I want to look at from the Bible, from this text, about the wee little man is the obstacles of Zacchaeus. He had a lot of obstacles to overcome. You know the Lord is available to everyone, whether you need to be saved or whether you just need help this morning. The help is there. Jesus is available. But there are some obstacles, there are some hurdles that you're going to have to get over if you're going to get to Jesus. There's some things in your way, is what I'm saying. There's some things in all of our way to get close to Jesus, to come to the Lord, to find what we need for our life. That there's some hurdles, there's some obstacles, there's things in your path trying to keep you from that. Zacchaeus had plenty of them. The first thing that was in his way is the place he was from. Would you see verse number 1? The Bible says right there in verse number 1, And Jesus entered and passed through, where's that place? Jericho. Jericho. How many of you have heard about Jericho? You know that's where? We've heard all the walls come tumbling down. But the story of Jericho is this. Jericho was a cursed place. Matter of fact, the Bible says Joshua through, through the Lord said, uh, Jericho would be cursed if anybody built that city again, it, it would be cursed. And it was built again. And, and he who built it was cursed. Jericho was under a curse. Matter of fact, when they went into Jericho, you remember, uh, Joshua said, don't touch anything. Don't take anything because it's a cursed city and you will take of an accursed thing. You remember that? And there was one man that did. He took something out of that cursed city and you know what happened to him? It cursed his own life. It cursed his own family. Destroyed him. Jericho is a picture of the curse. You know we live in a world that's under a curse. It's cursed by God. We live in a world that's cursed by God. The Bible tells, told us all the way when when they came when the when the sin was committed in the garden with Adam and Eve. And and the Lord God says, "Cursed is the ground." Because if you I, I'm going to curse everything. He said cursed was that serpent. There was a curse on, as Adam fell and, 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 and the sin of Adam and Eve and the ramifications of all that. We live in a sin cursed world. And by the way, sin will still curse your life. That is where Zacchaeus is living. Do you get the picture? He's living in a cursed place. But you know the good news is, the Bible says Jesus entered into Jericho. No matter how bad the curse is, Jesus said, I think I'll pass by that way too. And the Bible says that he's going to pass over. Matter of fact, as you find in the previous chapter, in chapter 18, do you remember the beggars there? The Bible said in chapter 18 of the book of Luke, verse number uh, number 35, and it came to pass that he was come nigh unto Jericho. A certain blind man sat by the wayside begging. Do you remember that? I mean, Jericho's got so many bad connotations. The curse is there. The beggars are there. But the good news is, Jesus can go into the place of a curse and change somebody's life. He can give sight to the blind He can make that which is cursed Become something that's blessed He has power over the curse What a blessing I don't know what has cursed or destroyed your life But the Lord Jesus Christ Can overcome that obstacle He can overcome the obstacle about where you live you know, as we gather to church this morning, there are some people that live in hell. They live in drug infested homes. They live in abuse infested homes. They live in a cesspool of sin every day. You know, the good news is that Jesus Christ can even come to those places. And get the victory in people's lives. That's Zacchaeus. Where is he living? He's living in Jericho. He had to overcome the obstacle of the place in which he lived. He had to overcome the obstacle about about his own person, his own problems. You know, when Jesus asked Zacchaeus to, to come to his house... You look at verse 7, the Bible says, And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be, get, to be guest with a man that is a sinner. You know, people criticize Jesus for going to this man's house. You know, he must have had a terrible reputation. He had to overcome the, the obstacle of his own sinful character. He was The Bible says he's a publican, not a republican. All right, Verse 2, he was a publican. You see that in verse 2? Now what is a publican? A publican is a guy that's in the public sphere. He's, he's in the public and he's getting money from the people and giving it to Rome. He's one of the most hated, corrupt people in all of society. He was the middle man. The middle man's always the bad man. He's the middle man getting the money from the people... Sometimes in an extortionary way, or in a in a, in a way of self gain, and giving it to Rome, he's he, he he's in a matter of fact. The Bible tells us about a publican in the book of Luke, and God presents him to be such a wicked man that he was embarrassed to even go into the temple. He smites upon his breast, and that's also is that chapter that's in chapter eighteen as well. The chapter right before Zacchaeus—that's in eighteen verses nine to fourteen. This is a wicked man, and the Pharisee sitting over there saying, "Thank you, God. I'm not like this publican. His life is so messed up. His life is such, so sinful." That's Zacchaeus. He has such a bad reputation that everybody is embarrassed that Jesus wants to go to his house. You know why? Because he's lost. You see verse number ten, the our verse says in Matthew nineteen ten, or excuse me, Luke nineteen ten, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. You know what his problem was? He's lost. Are you lost this morning? He said, Preacher, no, I know how I got here and I know how to get home. No, are you lost with God? There's two kind of people in this world, there's saved people and there's lost people. Are you lost? Now, he was the son of Abraham. He shouldn't have been lost, but he was lost. He was in the family that had received all the oracles of God, all the promises of God that received the Bible, but he was lost. And the Bible says that Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. This man's a sinner. And I tell you what, all of us are lost without Jesus Christ. But the good news is that God can overcome that obstacle of our sin no matter how lost. You know what? If you're lost, <laughs> there's not really much degrees with that. If you're lost, it doesn't matter. If you're lost 100 miles in the woods or a mile in the woods, if you're lost, you're lost, brother. You don't know where to go and you don't know how to get out. And we've got humanity that doesn't know how to get out of their sin. But Jesus Christ can overcome that obstacle. You can't find your way through this life. You're lost without God. What an obstacle he had, not only of his place, but his person. He's a sinner. He's a publican. He has such a terrible character that everybody knows his reputation. Not only his place was an obstacle, his person. Look at his position. The Bible says in verse number 2, And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief. Do you see that? He's not just a publican. He's a chief. I mean, he's the top dog. Do you know when you have a big position, many times that's an obstacle for you to get to God. Yeah. Right. I'm telling you, if he was just. You know why? You know why some people find it so easy to come to Jesus, and some people. Some people find it so hard. You know, when you know you're nothing and you know you have nothing, and you're the little man on the totem pole, it's not a good, it's not a big stretch to run to Jesus Christ. But when you've got a position, when you have a, when you're the chief, many times we're the chief in our own eyes, even though God wouldn't say that. But 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 we would think it about ourselves. We're the chief. You know why people don't repent? You know why people don't get right with God? They think they're the chief. This guy's got an obstacle. He's got such a high position. I tell you what. You know, I I feel sorry for people of power. It's so hard for them to get to God. Do you hear me? There are blessings of being way down on the bottom. (laughs) Because when you've got the chief position, it's so hard then to step down off of your platform. And acknowledge your own need. He, his obstacle is that he's a chief. I see another obstacle. Look at his possessions. Well, Brother Gibson would be proud of me, all, these, all this alliteration this morning. The Bible says in uh, verse number two, he was chief among the publicans. Watch it. And he was what? He's rich. Everybody wants to be rich. I tell you what, the wisdom from the Bible is that that many times riches is the worst thing that ever happened to you because riches can keep you from God. Jesus said it's hard for a rich man. To enter the kingdom. I'm telling you it was an obstacle. It was hard for him to get to. He had to get over something in his life. All these riches that he had. Why do I need Jesus? That's why Americans don't get saved. That's why Americans don't repent. That's why Americans don't flock to church. That's why Americans don't feel a need for God. Because they have so much junk. They have so many things. Why do I need God? Don't let that. Get in your way of getting to God because those riches can't do anything about your sin, and they can't give you happiness, and they can't buy you eternal life. Take the world, but give me Jesus. But you know what? I'm glad about Jesus. He can over, overcome the obstacles of the riches. He can save rich people, not just lo- not just poor people. Amen. He's gonna save one right here before we get through. Hard for a rich man to see his need. I wondered this morning, do you know your need for God? We, You go to Zimbabwe, we're talking about Zimbabwe, about our missions conference. You go to Zimbabwe, it's not hard for those people to know they need God. They don't have anything. They eat worms. You go in there and so say, you need God, they'll agree with you. <laughs> but if I sit by next to you this morning and say, hey, you need God. Would you agree with me? You say, sure preacher, I'm in church this morning. That's not not an acknowledgement that you need God. That might be acknowledgement that you think He needs you. We all need God. It doesn't matter if we're rich or poor or where we are. I'm just saying, it's an obstacle. It's a hurdle. It's something that stands in Zacchaeus' way get to the Savior I'll give you one other obstacle he's got some problems that you and I probably don't have the Bible says in verse number 3 would you look at it and he sought to see Jesus who he was and could not for the what? for the press for the press because he was little of stature he wants to see Jesus, but he's a wee little man. But if, if in your mind's eye, you can see all these people in Zacchaeus, and he can't, he can't see over, he can't see Jesus. Yeah. He can't even get to Jesus. There are so many people there pressing. It's a problem, and he's little of stature. Do you know many times people blame the cards? that life has played them about not getting to Jesus. We could almost use the word, I'm not going to use it, but we could almost use the word handicap. I'm not like everybody else. No, you're not, Zacchaeus. I've got a problem everybody else doesn't have. That, that's true, Zacchaeus. But you better get over that. Because Jesus Christ can help you overcome that obstacle. You can still get to Jesus if you want to. It doesn't matter what your it doesn't matter what your, your 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 problem is that's unique to you. How the devil lies to people. Everybody else doesn't have the problem you have. That, that's true, but you can still get to Jesus with that problem. He could not for the press. I I I know it's a play on words, but boy, I'd like to preach on the press in America. I think a lot of people can't get to Jesus because of the press. Amen. They have listened to the newspaper. They've listened to CBS and ABC and CNN and, and every other press outlet in the world instead of listening to God. I tell you what, if our society had listened more to the Word of God in the past week than they did what happened in Memphis, there'd be a whole bunch of people getting saved. I'm just saying, people are so interested in the press that they don't find the person that they need. And their life is enthralled with all the news except the good news. What's what's your obstacle? What bad news is in your life that keeps you from Jesus? How's that? Is that a good application? He could not for the press. Well, what are you going to do, Zacchaeus? You've got all of these obstacles. Well, the Bible says in verse number 4, and he ran. Praise God. Do you know everybody's running? Just me, I'm running different directions. People run from their problems. People run to problems. People run to sin. Or you can run to Jesus. He ran, look at it, he ran before, what ingenuity, and climbed up into a sycamore tree. Maybe he had done that before. He climbed a tree. Well, I wouldn't climb a tree to see Jesus. Well, you may just go to hell then. This Can you see this rich dude climbing a tree? People laugh what's the dude climbing the tree for? What do you think you are, a kid? No, I got something important on my heart. He's climbing that tree I want to see Jesus. The Bible says he ran before and climbed up a sycamore tree to see him. For he was to pass that way. The Bible said in verse 3 at the start of the verse, he sought to see Jesus who he was. I've got to get to Jesus. I want to see Jesus. I want to find Jesus. You know the great thing about that though? He thought he was looking for Jesus, but Jesus was looking for him. You know how I know that? Look at verse 10. For the Son of Man is come to seek Jesus is looking for Zacchaeus in Jericho. But Zacchaeus, he's interested. He gets rid of his excuses. You have no excuses not to get to Jesus. He says, I want to see him. And I want you to watch verse 5. This is an amazing thing. So he he climbs up this tree, this wee little man. And verse number 5, the Bible says, And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up. And saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. What an invitation. This is an amazing thing. You know, I don't normally go up to people and say, I'm going to come to your house today. I normally would not invite myself to your house. That would almost sound a little rude, would it not? Brother Jerry, this afternoon, I'm coming over to your house. Hope you have lunch ready. Do do, do you see that little bit of, that's sort of out of place, is it not? Zacchaeus did not invite Jesus to his house. Jesus invited himself to his house. And you know the same thing's going on today the Lord stands at the door of your life and knocks and says, Hey, I really want to come in your house. I really want to come into your life. I really want to save you from your sin. I have come to seek and to save you. I must abide at thy house. You know, the Bible commands all men everywhere to repent. It's a commandment. He doesn't just say, Would you please repent? He commands you to repent. He doesn't just say, would you please believe on my son? He commands us to believe on his son. It's a commandment. Zacchaeus, I must abide at your house. Now, Zacchaeus could have said, no. Right? He could have said, not ready for you. How many sinners have I heard say that? Not ready yet. Not ready for you to come to my life. Not ready for you to come in my house i got to get some things straightened up. No, no, you can't straighten anything up. Let him in just as you are. Just like your house is. Let him come on to the house. He knows about it anyway. He knows everything that's not kept. He knows the things that are laying out. Just invite him on in. Quit playing games with God. And just say, Lord, come to my house. Yes, I'll let you come to my house. Just like I am, I need you in my house. If there's ever been a day where moms and dads and little children need Jesus in the house, it's today. You say, I need this, that, and the other. No, you need Jesus in your house. Jesus says, he gives him an invitation. I I, I must abide at your house. What are you going to do with it? You know, in, in, in our services, in just a moment, in just a moment, I'll be through preaching and I'll pray. We'll have a song sung. You know what we have? We have an invitation. You know why we have an invitation? Because God has invitations. You know what Jesus said? He said, come. Come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden and I'll give you rest. The spirit and the bride say, come. You said, preacher, I can come to Jesus in my seat. I know you can, but this guy had to get out of a tree. And maybe you need to take that physical step and take a step toward Jesus Christ. How many people have sit in the pew and say, Well, I, I can come to the Lord anytime, but they've never made the step to come. Come, Jesus says. If you're thirsty, come. He's not gonna force you, he's not gonna make you. You've got to be willing to accept the invitation. Somebody right here this morning, you'll go to hell when you can come this morning and receive Christ and your whole life can be changed just like this man. But you have to come. I can't come for you. I can't make you. I can't make the decision. You see preacher that's coming down an altar to save people? If they're coming to Jesus, it does. If you'll come to the Lord, we're not asking you to come to church. We're not asking you to come come to a, a, a certain uh, life that that we present to you. We're not asking you to come to religion. We want you to come to Jesus. Amen. The invitation. He's seeking you. I'm come to seek and to save that which was lost. I wonder this morning who is Jesus seeking. I think he's looking for somebody this morning. What will you do with the invitation? You know, I was thinking about this, and I got happy in my office. You know where Jesus and Zacchaeus met? They met at a tree. At a tree. You know where you'll meet Jesus today? You'll meet him at a tree. Amen. He hung on a tree. Cursed is every, every man that hangs on a tree. And if you want to meet Jesus, you're not, you're not going to meet him in the intellectual caverns of your mind. You're not going to meet him out in nature. You're going to have to go to that tree where he was wounded for your transgressions and he was bruised for your... He still meets sinners at the tree. Yes. Amen. That beautiful, wonderful cross. And God says to everybody, you want to to find Jesus? You want to meet Jesus? Come to the tree. The difference is, you're not the one up the tree. He's the one that was on on the tree, not you. But he was on the tree for you. He invites. Watch the response. This is my last thing I told you. The obstacles of Zacchaeus. We see that. The invitation to Zacchaeus. What about his response? How does he respond to all this? What What does he do? What does he say? The Bible says... In verse number 6. And he made haste. Oh, don't let the devil keep telling you to wait on getting to God. Make haste. If I wasn't saved this morning, I'd run to Jesus. If my life wasn't right with God and I was saved, I'd still run to Jesus. Make haste. The Bible says he made haste and came down. He came down. Do You know what? I, I thought about this. Most sinners have to come down some kind of tree to get to the Lord. You ever heard the the, the phrase, so-and-so is up a tree? You ever heard that? Well, we could let Brother Kelton give us good testimony about what it means to tree a coon. (laughs) He's treed. Y'all know that expression? That means you're in a very difficult situation up high and somebody's watching you. You're treed. Zacchaeus is treed. And for him to come down is a big step of faith. I thought about what tree people get up. That causes them not to respond correctly to Jesus. You know it's a really bad thing when Jesus has to look up to talk to you. You see that in verse number 5? And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up. Jesus had to look up to talk to Zacchaeus. You know what? That, that tells me that, that's sort of like the tree of pride. When Jesus has to look up to talk to you, something's out of whack. You're way too high when the Lord has to look up to you. I've I met some people that wouldn't give a good response to Jesus because of their pride. Do you know everybody was looking at this scene? Here's the wee little man up in the tree, and Jesus come down, and they're looking, is he going to come down? You know what uh some people would have done they would they would have just tried to climb a little higher or, or 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 just sort of go into obscurity and and maybe get get behind the, the limbs or the leaves not to be seen. A shy person would have never come down the tree. They would have just tried to hide a little more in there, like Adam and Eve hiding behind those those leaves, you know. I'm telling you that sinners, the tree of pride keeps them from making a right response. They're too proud to come down. Come down from your own self-sufficiency, your own way and your own will and your own stubbornness. So many people won't come down. You've got to go down to get to Jesus. You got to humble yourself to get to the lovely Lamb of God. You can't be up in a tree. He's not climbing up to you, brother. You got to come down where He is. You've got to acknowledge that's what I, what I, I belong on the ground. Some people are too proud to come out of their tree. They're too proud. There are some of God's people too proud to confess their sin. Too proud to say, I'm sorry. Too proud and too self-willed to submit their self to God. He could have said, well, what? he could have been in the tree of fear. He could have thought, man, what, what, what is everybody going to think if I come down and let this man in my house? What are my buddies going to think? What's Rome going to think? What's my boss going to think? He could have stayed up in that tree and not given a right response because of fear. He's afraid he'd stand out. Fear of the ramification. What's going to happen if I let Jesus come home? But he he, he didn't do that. He came down out of that tree of pride, out of that tree of fear, out of that tree of success that he had made for for his life. He came out of that tree of his dishonest and sinful character. It could have just been that tree of laziness. What if he said, you know, Lord, it's too hard to climb down. I like it up here. it's comfortable up here. I get to I, I see everything and it's it's so much easier to stay put. Are you listening to me this morning? It's so much easier to stay put. It's so much easier to do nothing with the invitation of God. It's so much easier not to make that response to the Lord and not to come to him and not to repent. And not to make that move. It's so easy not to go to the altar. It's so easy not to get on your knees and pray. It's so easy not to say you're sorry. It's so easy not to submit. But Zacharias, Zacchaeus, I mean, he says, you know what? I'm going to come down out of this tree. I'm tired of being up here. And him being in my house is what I need more than anything. You know what it says? Look look right there, please, verse 6. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. Oh, what a picture of salvation. As many as received him. To them gave he power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on His name. Have you received Jesus Christ? I want you, Lord. I don't want my dope. I don't want my music. I don't want my fornication. I don't want my videos. I want you. I don't want my pride. I don't want my laziness. I don't want my selfishness. I want you. I don't want the devil anymore. I don't want all my friends that's just dragging me down to the pit of hell. I want you, Jesus. I don't want that money anymore. I want you because I see something more valuable than I see at that receipt of the customs and all that money I'm getting from Rome. I've learned it doesn't satisfy. And so, Lord, I'll receive you joyfully. I want you. I wonder this morning, have you received the Lord Jesus? Have you received him joyfully? Maybe some of you as God's people, maybe you need to Get down off of your tree where you wherever you find yourself. The excuse that you have, get down off and, and let him, let him have his way in your life. And get back to the place of joy. I give you this last thing. Would you look at verse number eight? This response of Zacchaeus. He came down out of his tree. He received him joyfully. And then watch verse number eight. And Zacchaeus stood. And said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, forasmuch as he also is the son of Abraham. Now, now the people have said, Well, well, this looks like work salvation. No, it doesn't look like work salvation. Watch me just a minute. Zacchaeus has has such a change of heart. He says, Lord, this is the greatest day of my life. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. I'll, 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 I'll sell all my money. I'll give it all to the poor. Whoever I've wronged, I'll make it right. And you know what? Jesus said, This day salvation's come to your house. Not when he restored it. Not when he made it right. Not when he gave it to the poor. He was the same old dirty guy standing in front of Jesus as he was when he said that. But he had a change of heart. You know what that's called? That's called repentance. You know, when a sinner comes to the Lord, said says, Lord, I, I want you to take this away. Oh, how many people have I seen come to the Lord? They've asked the Lord to take things away. And what a journey it is for some of them to get all that straight in their life. But when you come to Jesus, there's got to be a change of heart. A change of heart. A change of mind. Because God wants to change you. How is He going to change you and me? If if I never change my mind, if I never change my heart, how is He going to change me? You've got to change your mind about your sin. You've got to change your mind about the Savior. Zacchaeus changed his mind. He said, I don't want that old, old way of life anymore. I want you. And whatever you want to do to change my life, I'm all in. I don't care about the money. I don't care about the job. I don't care about the sin. And I'll make restitution. You know, what a a good spirit. You know, that's a word that you don't even hear anymore. Restitution. Because people have this idea. I can hurt everybody, steal from everybody, wrong everybody, but I don't have I can just say, I'm sorry, and there's no ramifications. This guy said, I'll make restitution. And the Lord saved him before he could make the restitution. Look, you can't straighten your life out. You can't make all your your wrongs right. But Jesus Christ can change in you your whole life, your heart, your mind, your lifestyle. He can give you a new life. He gave Zacchaeus a new life. I don't know what happened to Zacchaeus after this. We don't, even, we don't even read anymore about him. But I bet it was a good story. I bet the Lord changed this man's life. Yes. How about you? Maybe you're saved this morning and you still need God to change something in you. Are you willing? Lord, I, I I'm willing. I don't know how I'm going to work all this, but I... I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do because I need to be changed. Hmm. I'm tired of seeing people say they know God and there's nothing different about their life. I'm just tired of it because Jesus changes things. Amen. 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 I can't change it, but he does. He gives me a new water gives me different desires. I wonder this morning, will you come down and you come to him? What do you need from the Lord this morning?